0: Hey yo you
1: know what time it is <laughs> Well, that's new <laughs> um, how are you? I'm good. How's it
0: going? I'm
1: fine. I feel like this week there is a universal pull going on where I don't know I feel like. This week is extremely stressful. I mean, every week since, especially since last March has been stressful, but like this week, I don't know if you felt it. This week was really heavy for a lot of, not just me, but like people at work, a lot of my friends, like, uh, did you feel that way at all?
0: Yeah, I did. I had some stuff at the beginning of the week that I was like upset and stressing over. And then uh, now I'm feeling better. Mm. Uh, I had therapy on Wednesday, which always helps. Oh my God, Uh, I had therapy
1: on Wednesday too. Hell yeah, Wednesday Therapy Gals. <laughs> <laughs> see, oh, uh, that was the alternative name for instead of Two Broads from Brooklyn.
0: Yeah, we were. It was either that or Wednesday Therapy Gals.
1: <laughs> the merch just wouldn't sell quite as hot.
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't have merch, but we might. I don't know.
1: We might. We'll get there. See what um. We want. Yeah, I feel like this week has been so stressful for so many people. Um, like, and I've noticed actually, therapy is where I noticed this this week. We talked about it in a few other, epi- like, an episode ago. It might have been more than that. I don't even fucking remember. Um, we talked about the dramatized language of New Yorkers.
0: Oh, yeah. we we. I feel like we're constantly talking about that.
1: But I have been on a whole other fucking level this week with my descriptive storytelling. Like, I, I'm hyper aware of it ever since we talked about it. But even in therapy, so I was just like, I don't even remember who I was talking about. But um, I was saying, like... This is – I I literally, like, I stopped myself in the middle of therapy, and I'm like, wow, that's really fucking annoying. Um, I said, he literally used to be the most considerate person in the entire fucking world, and now he's actually the worst soul ever. I could have just said <laughs> – I literally could have just said, you know, he used to be really considerate, and it just doesn't seem like he is anymore. Boom. Yeah. Like – very matter of fact but i had to throw those i've been doing it all all week like i went to the fucking gas station the other day and i went there's like eight gas there's eight pumps in the station i went to three none of them fucking worked. and i got in my car and i was like is the universe just fucking conspiring for me to just like hate everything today and i'm like okay you need to relax like it was one inconvenience (laughs) after you got a starbucks rather seamlessly
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean I do the same thing all the fucking time. I feel like since we started this show, it's i I I'm telling you, it's a very New York thing, I feel. And like, or maybe an East Coast thing or an mm. Italian or I don't know. But uh it's funny to me. And like oh, it, it's funny it's, so it's funny. funny when I say it, but if you're with somebody that doesn't quite understand it, they think you're mm-hmm. like they need to bring you to a hospital. Like, when I'm, like, I, like, hang up the phone with somebody I didn't want to talk to, and I'm, like, shoot me in the face. Like, you know, like, (laughs) that's so unnecessary and dramatic, and I really need to watch my language. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, like,
1: yeah. It seems the other theme this week is, at least for me, I've just, I keep coming back to it, is. Word, your words matter so like i do appreciate you being like oh, i should really watch my words because yes they they do matter and they do impact people however i'm i do really just think that it it is a product of who we are like i think of this all the time like storytelling is such uh, his like a cultural passed down right like every culture like we learn about it as kids like we pass down stories from generation to generation and folklores and blah 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 right like all this stuff this is it's ingrained in us to as humans to be storytellers so i often do wonder if like our regions determine the way in which we tell stories right like some people are maybe really witty in their story or maybe they provide a lot of similes or descriptive language to set good imagery i'm like new yorkers just need to be the most extra fucking people in any fucking story they tell and i am am one of them like and like one of my one of my friends james shout out to him who's also a new yorker anytime we are being or i am being so dramatic he'll call me out in my language and be like sis who hurt you and uh why so badly like what happened and i'm like oh fuck like i'm like it's i'm just feeling it right now like I'm just so in my
0: feelings. Well, it's it's actually funny that we kicked things off with this because I feel like this whole episode is gonna be mm-hmm. probably about one of my favorite if and the one of the most iconic New York mm-hmm. humorist storytellers there is. Like I don't like I I don't know if there's a I can
1: think of a better one, honestly. Well, no, and she's so dramatic in her I story know. too. Yeah. Like it's so dramatic, so quippy. Uh, yeah, it's it actually is kind of perfect that we're talking about her this week. You did also mention if it's an Italian thing. And speaking of, I uh, went to a. Uh, that's actually why I was a little late to record today. Is I was at my puppy nephew's first birthday party. Um, adorable. Yeah, we we and my family are a really big fan of throwing birthday parties for dogs, and then I see having this. our other yes, and having our other dogs attend the same birthday party, and we put uh, party hats on them, and we think it's really funny. Uh, And for those who are like, that sounds stupid. It actually is really funny. So fuck off. And (laughs) there's uh, a moment I was like sitting next to my youngest nephew, who is also my godson. And I'm watching him eat pizza. Granted, he's four. But I was getting like really heated. A little, uh, not like a little heated, but like I was just really concerned at how he was eating the pizza. He was taking the cheese off of it. Okay. Putting it to the side and just eating the dough and sauce. Ew. But um, children do (laughs) things like that. (laughs) I know, but then he also, as he was eating his chocolate ice cream, because we did have a birthday cake, he was only eating the vanilla. I'm like, choochie, that's what I call him. I'm really concerned, the fact that of of your eating patterns lately like i'm like i'm like is, you're not an italian who who made you and my sister-in-law is like no i, I actually think that like he's just having an off night because he never does these things and i'm just like well it's hurting my entire soul and uh i just i was so disappointed i'm like i'm like you're 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 a nut job who takes the cheese off of it and eats cheese pizza that way i mean maybe he likes the lmb pizza it's
0: got the cheese on the bottom and the sauce wait a minute you don't like lmb's did we not have this discussion did i
1: not scold you for this i don't really love lmb's you did not scold me for this also i got completely smoked last week in the nutella argument on our instagram
0: yeah i know and now i'm gonna smoke (laughs) you on this too what You don't like LMBs, like I, okay. Exclude the time that we were at your house, and you decided it would be a good idea to order it in house because it never comes <laughs> good when you order it like to the house. It is meant t- for you to attend the facility. Yes, on, yes, yes. On like where is it on Cropsey? It's not on Cropsey. I'm no, like no, it's on like West something. Anyway, it's it's across the street. Actually, I think from the Marble Projects, right? It sure is. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's the best pizza in Brooklyn,
1: arguably. No, it's it's eighty-sixth Street, not Cop. Oh,
0: it is. Oh, okay. But I wasn't like,
1: like not that far from Avenue U.
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, no, wait, I was okay. really
1: far off. <laughs> Hold on a second. It is. You just say it was the best pizza in Brooklyn?
0: One of, I'll say okay. it's one of the best pizzas in Brooklyn. Okay. It's not the best. Uh, one of my favorites that I grew up on, La Sorrentina, has left Brooklyn <laughs> closed yeah. down. Uh, but, uh, and they're... You know, growing up, I wasn't much of a sauce gal on my pizza, but for some reason, that pizza, they do the mozzarella and then the sauce on top, and it's a square slice, and that's how Mm -hmm. you got to get it. And you go to LMB's, and you sit outside with your softball team after you (laughs) won the championship, and you just (laughs) enjoy a nice... L&B pizza. Square. <laughs> I'm getting like too specific.
1: No, I was going to say, well, maybe that's the way in which L&B needs to be enjoyed because I was never on a softball team. So that would explain why maybe I don't enjoy it as much. No, I don't. <laughs> I think, no, I I like it if it's, I like the pie well done. Like I like the good crisp on the bottom. Yeah. I'm not really a big sauce type girl on, like well, I, I like a good balance of everything and maybe that's why I don't love it. I just, I don't know. It didn't. Uh, it never just like did it for me as a kid like i just and i i still feel that way and i definitely think since they switch owners that's like a personal thing they're they're Wait, just not as good. do you know like i don't know if we should be saying this there was like that thing in the news oh, a couple yeah. years ago
0: where wasn't the owner like stabbed in his house and oh like, yeah. died
1: yeah. and they like the- linked it to somebody else in the family mm-hmm. right
0: I don't know. what. you Do you know what it ended up being? Because when I read it, it was like the newspaper said someone was trying to rob the house and broke in and stabbed him. And I, my dad's reading the paper. He's like, that's not what happened.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly I, what my dad said. Casually
0: too. flips the page is like, we all know, quote unquote, what happened and mm-hmm. what this is in relation to. uh
1: I don't want to make any assumptions because. No, there's, there's, my dad always says there's Brooklyn news and then there's news in Brooklyn. Right. Like news in Brooklyn. Like my dad's like, what you see in the newspaper is very different than what like my dad would call like the block, right? Like news on the block.
0: Right, right, Uh, right. And the news on the block said that was not an attempted robbery. We all know. (laughs) That that was not the consensus.
1: That was not the but, consensus. But am I wrong about that? He was no. You're you're correct. It he was like was they killed. said. That, they said that they broke into the house to, if I remember correctly, they broke into the house to to rob him. Yeah. And there was cash in the house, but the cash stayed there. So he was just stabbed. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was something very yeah. sus like that, or like it was very <laughs> specific that it was like, and they also thought it was like. That's why they thought it was somebody who, it was in the family. Because it was so specific in how it was all done, yeah, and the family air quotes, yeah, family, day, yeah.
0: family in like air quotes
1: for yeah. extended
0: family, um,
1: yeah, yeah. See again with the dramatics.
0: Anyway, <laughs> I I think that's as accurate as we can be without um, bringing unpleasantness upon ourselves. Correct. So,
1: <laughs> correct. Um, we again not the two broads of accuracy. No. Um, <laughs> so, but yeah, I was just really annoyed watching him eat pizza and. I was like really sad. I'm like, you're my godson. Who are you?
0: But kids are like super picky. I was just telling, I, I feel like I was just telling my girlfriend that when I was a kid, my parents were so worried that I was going to be underweight forever because like I was so picky when it came to eating. And now I basically <laughs> eat everything. So,
1: you know. That is- and now, but well, and so much so that you were concerned that you were eat- overeating too much and <laughs> now you're doing yoga.
0: I'm, I'm doing so yoga of but that's I'm more so of like of a, a wellness meditation thing in the morning and it sure is. it's what I need because my day is just so filled with my house is always so filled with like the chaos of mm-hmm. like nine hours a day like de- dealing with my job so like it's something I decided to try this year um, you know just to kind of bring myself a little bit more quiet I like quiet oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. I, I actually like unless there's something like very specific, like, you know, on TV that I want to watch, or I'm in like a mood to watch like an old comfort show, like, mm-hmm. I would much rather be reading than yeah. I would, you know, I don't know, I'm one of those people that needs to like, even like if I if I, I'm obviously not with people, but zoom fatigue is a very real thing. Oh, yeah. and um, You know, but even so, like when we were still like hanging out with people, if I was like, out at a party or you know with friends for like a group of friends I'm not talking like one-on-one uh but like you know uh I need like I need
1: to like recharge from that and I need Mm -hmm. to be alone Mm -hmm. yeah same we're introverts yeah I I think but also um I too love the quiet um I do think yoga is going to be really amazing for you i so I, I we talked about this last episode but i don't do really new year's resolutions i always try to like start my year off with something to incorporate into my life uh in terms of like a wellness type thing very mm-hmm. similar to what you're doing and to it wasn't it wasn't 2020 it was 2019 my january thing was is i was going to do a reset and i was just going to do yoga for the month of january like i just wanted to get back into yoga And it has, it, I still do it. And I said this to you before. I've been like going to the gym and like lifting probably since I was like consistently, since I was like 18 years old. Right. And yoga is the only thing that's ever made me genuinely feel strong. Like it's a different type of strength. So I'm so excited for you to embark on this, especially the meditating piece. If you ever need meditating stuff, um, like my, my brothers will text me, my friends will text me, like, yo, do you have a good, meditation on this I try to keep like a running even it's, it's YouTube it's all on YouTube yeah uh, I try to keep like a running tab of all my favorite meditations and last on Monday I did a really good purification one um that I can like link to everybody if you're interested in it it is just 10 minutes
0: I, yeah I say link it to the fans <laughs>
1: yeah yeah Too I much- will
0: have Oh, would the fans love our own meditation sounds from us? I think they would hate that, but I think it that's why it would be funny. It would um, just be A's and Y's. That's the most exhausting <laughs> thing in the whole wide world. We're going to take a deep breath and
1: exhale a- with A. An a-, a-, a- <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I'll, I'll link it to everybody. It's 10 minutes of uh, just a purification, and I prefer visualizations in my meditation. I'm not a big just like focus on your breathing type girl. Like I like my mind to escape to quiet.
0: Um, okay. so I I do like to focus on my breathing now. That's actually I don't need sometimes I can just do that. But it was mm-hmm. funny because when I first started doing meditation consistently, I would do that. And then I would get in my head about the breathing and being like, what? I feel can like I forgot. I feel like I forgot how to breathe. Wait, should not my body be doing this automatically? <laughs>
1: yeah. How do you breathe? Like, yeah, I. That is the most normal thing. That is uh probably the best sign to know that you need to be meditating more. It's like a muscle. Uh, but right. I can. I'll, I'll. I'll share it with you. It was fantastic. I even sent it to my brother when he asked me and my sister this week, and my sister, who is not a visualization meditator, really yeah. enjoyed it as well. So, I love I, it. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share it with you, but I'm so excited for you to uh, embark on that. You said the thing about the chaotic, like the not the chaotic, <laughs> just you said the chaos in your room from the nine hours of working. Do you Palo Santo or um, I say smudge? I don't really like sage. Do you do that in your space? No, I'm not about any
0: kind of I have I have my candles. I like candles like scented candles that smell like things that mm-hmm. are pleasant to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my girlfriend got me one for Christmas that's, like, a beach one. So I usually will like Ooh. that. But I, I'm not about, like, sage or incense or anything like that. It just reminds me of church. And so I just don't need that in my house. <laughs> I just – I don't need that Catholic shit
1: in my space. No, I – No, I, I mean <laughs> – you know what I mean. No, I do. I recommend it just because I do feel like it does clean your space of the shit that, like, ultimately impacts you. So I don't like sage. That is not my – thing i hate the smell of it i think it creates too much smoke like i'm always scared i'm gonna set out the fucking fire alarm and a fire (laughs) alarm is the last thing that will relax me uh but i do like palo santo and i like to just smudge my space before i like get into like a meditation and it is oh truly it smells amazing but that's like
0: that's borderlining on a little too hippie for me but i will (gasps) consider it i am a little bit of a hippie i i lean into the to the hippie no Real i've been hard. in even three years out in california now i'm just like no no hippie <laughs> no way gonna, you, I'm gonna no, that's a, I, there's some stuff i like but like mo- if i feel like it's get leaning too much in that like direction i'm immediately turned off by it and i'm like this isn't for me which is the perfect segue again into our whole episode yeah about uh pretend it's a city
1: yeah our girl fran on Netflix release is that considered like a docuseries what is this considered
0: I think it's a, a it said miniseries or yeah mm-hmm. it's probably it's a docuseries it's basically just about her and each episode is basically a take on a different aspect of New York and mm-hmm. Scorsese is the main interviewee and of yep. course we love him our man uh, Marty our man Marty uh we would love if you would call us
1: um <laughs> Yeah, I I did enjoy the the random pieces of r- other interviews, like Spike Lee was thrown in there. Yeah, um, I don't really know that I love him, but again, I just liked that it was a part of it. Alec Alec Baldwin was yeah. randomly thrown in there. Uh, Olivia um, Wilde in the later yeah. episodes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It was. It was. What were your initial thoughts? So, for those who do not know, yeah, like uh, Fran Lebowitz and Martin Scorsese released this mini series on Netflix where it's called Pretend It's a City, and it's basically just a focal point of New York each week that she takes on. And did you know how she got famous?
0: Honestly, based on... uh, I I just knew she was a writer. And, like, every time I'd see a piece of hers uh, in, like, The New Yorker or wherever Mm -hmm. else it might have been... You know, I always read it because... I just always loved her, like, sensibility. She's, like, the classic. She is the New Yorker. Like, she Mm -hmm. is what I aspire to be. Like, that's Mm -hmm. what I want to be when I'm, like, her age that she is now. Like, I want to – I'm going to – I can totally see myself back in New York in, like, my fucking bougie apartment that I couldn't Mm -hmm. afford before Mm -hmm. and just – like also like you can't get, somebody was tweeting about this it's like you can't get famous the way she got famous anymore no no like she wrote two books and yep. then basically just became like a cultural like icon because of the two books she wrote and like Ooh, people yeah. were just like in she's been to so many like like gallery openings mm-hmm. and theater openings and like all these things
1: like this people ob- just cared about her opinion
0: yeah and it's so interesting and i love that too because she's just like witty and charming and mm-hmm. you know like and uh, i mean i still i find that attractive like yeah. i and it also kind of i guess gives me hope that i'm like you could just be a witty and charming new yorker and things will happen for you <laughs> You know? uh yeah. she's not from
1: new york though did you know that
0: i did know that yeah she yeah, came to New Right. I think at this point, though, she gets.
1: Oh, yeah. Well, she gets gets the, like, she knows New York, I would argue, better than some fucking New Yorker. Like, she gets the uh, spirit and essence of New York, which is why Yeah. She she has it. Like, her frustrations and the mildest, most inconvenience. Like, you made a comment about, like, I'm going to live in my apartment that I can't afford. And she summed it up perfectly. She's like, no one can fucking live in New York. No one can afford to live in New York, but yet we all do it. Yeah. I like she she gets it, you know, we'll, we'll give her the pass, but yeah, she's not from New York.
0: I will say this series was such a comfort to me as I've been saying for the past couple of weeks. Like sometimes I feel out of my element, mm-hmm. uh, being in LA, uh, you know, just being also, because this is the longest time, like prolonged time I've spent out yep. here. Like normally yep. I get a break and I go home for like two to three weeks and it's like, get my little dose of New York and like, okay, now I'm all recharged to go back to, the sunshine yeah. state you know but like I that's not even the sunshine state that's Florida I was gonna, isn't
1: it I was, I was gonna say is California the sunshine no I was nope, like I think I it is
0: Florida. it is Florida my bad definitely don't want to go there um <laughs> you know what I mean the Gold Coast all right mm-hmm. so whatever so but I didn't get that this year so I've been mm-hmm. feeling like extra out of my element and this she just makes me feel so sane Mm-hmm. And not because, and I, I don't mean that in the way that like, I think she's crazy. Cause I definitely don't like, no, no. I, I mean that in the sense that like, ah, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. Like this wonderful woman is the
1: perfect example of everything that I feel. Yeah. I was going to say, she does such a good job of summarizing our thoughts in ways that are like like, you could tell, like, she spends, you can tell she's a writer because you can tell she spends so much of her time thinking and drawing conclusions in her head. And she just waits for opportunities to explore them and save them. Like, I think she has a take on the show um, about talent. And she said, talent is the only thing that is randomly distributed among people, right? Like, you can't buy it. You can't. And that's, she's like, that's why people, anytime you hear a success story, and it's so true, anytime you hear a success story, we are so obsessed with how someone did it outside of talent because we will get we get too annoyed by the idea that this is just something that like was randomly given to you and we can't do that right like so if you can tell us how you did it then we can copy it and do it too and yeah I I love that you can just tell she spends so much of her time reflecting about life reflecting about her her the the surroundings that she is in and just thinking like about it so critically and then like drawing her own conclusions like i think somebody else asked like uh where does humor come from and she's like you get humor the same place you get your height like it it's not something that like it actually comes right from something and she said and this is like one of the things i was like where the fuck did this come from like i have to ask cola she said her mother told her not to be funny because boys don't like girls that are funny yeah where the fu- like where did this notion come from? I feel like that's a
0: very like old school thing. Like I-, I mean I was never told that. As soon as I started talking everyone was like, "Well, she's got a smart mouth." Like I I yeah, I always wanted to be funny. Like being funny was like being funny was like before, you know, like I, before I guess like I started drinking and like, you know, it was like my like social like lubricant. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like it just like happened. It was mostly a defense mechanism because I felt probably inadequate. Um, But I liked that whole idea of that talent is like randomly distributed. I loved that Mm
1: -hmm. Um,
0: because it just reminded me when I was doing comedy, um, you know, I would. She even mentions this at one point where she tells her parents not to like keep paying for like her like mm-hmm. hor- cello lessons. That's what it was. Um, because she was like, you know, she wasn't very good at it. And like, I- not to say that I wasn't very, very good at comedy. I don't think I was as good at improv as at the time I wanted to be. Um, and to everybody listening to this who thinks uh, that is very trivial, um, it is. But at the time. <laughs> In my world, it was very important to me. And I would see people and I would know immediately, like they just have a specific knack or you can always tell, regardless of what art form it is, when you see someone and you kind of just know you're just like that person's whatever it is, not even that they're going to be famous, just like they Mm -hmm. have it for this particular medium. And I saw so many people like that. And I think I really like stressed myself and worked because I thought that I could acquire that, but that's not something that can be acquired is what, and it's exactly what she like points out, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. I, I excel I, in other areas. I don't, it's not a thing, but you
1: know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, Yeah, no, I I just appreciated um, her take on that because I'm like, oh shit, you know, I've, how many times do we become so obsessed with that? It's almost like she just is a is an amazing observer and then articulating, like articulating, the the thing she's observed in a way that's like all of us have always thought it but are not consciously thinking it right
0: and yeah exactly um and i think a lot of people well i it's uh, from what i've seen so far this this docuseries is getting like really good reviews oh yeah Um, but uh you know some people might look at her as neurotic and i don't get that at all like because
1: really yeah i but I, i I, it's that's just my assumption. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Like maybe like, cause like, uh, I could see that her thoughts are maybe right. almost obsessive or too. They're not though. It's like, like, yeah. you know, like a
0: classic, like neurotic New Yorker, but she's not at all. Um, yeah. I don't think
1: neurotic when I think her.
0: No. Uh, <laughs> she's just, I, it, yeah. Everything is just, it was just so great. I, I don't know. What, what other, do you have any other like standout points? I have, I wrote down some quotes that I liked from,
1: yeah, I had a few quotes that I really enjoyed. I I think, again, the one that just had stuck with me through the whole thing. Well, there's two things that, that stuck with me that I have just been reflecting on a lot this week is when she's asked about why people come here. Like, why do people come to New York? And her answer is so... Even though she's, like, talking to Martin fucking Scorsese. Like, she's almost just, like, so, like... What a dumb fucking question! It's like he's like, why do people come here? And she's like, because it's New York. Like, like I don't like. What is the actual question here? But she then no, she then follows up. And actually, it's I think it's one of my favorite quotes. She goes, well, people used to come to New York to be gay because they couldn't be gay where they were. And she goes, now you can be gay anywhere. (laughs) but I, I, she's like, she's like, which is fantastic for a city is a bunch of, what'd she say? It's a bunch of dense, oh. a dense population of angry homosexuals. It's really yeah. great for any city. Um, and I do wonder if that is what shifted so much of the New York culture. Cause she was talking about in like the seventies, really like the seventies, eighties, yeah. is that what crafted in some way, so much of New York's culture that I, maybe didn't think about like it, I, I, she said it and I was like oh yeah of course like we're in New York like there's a lot of gays like there's a lot of gays there growing up like yeah that's where people went to be gay sure it makes sense but I'm like what culture did we then see shift in New York like that you and I grew up in that came from that
0: well 90s New York when we were growing up still felt a little residual like dangerous um correct yeah. like yeah yeah, you, you know, like I I would say up until maybe after 2001, after the mm-hmm. World Trade Center, then it kind of started, uh, you know, being a little more. But I'll be honest, like and I don't know if this is just because we grew up there, but I never felt scared or unsafe in New York. Like no. even when I started like going out, like, OK, by the time we started like taking a train to the city and like doing all these things, we were it was probably like the late 2000s. 2000s and Mm -hmm. like early 2010s so I would say New York had been decently cleaned up I don't know if maybe we were just oblivious to it because we were just like so ingrained in it but Mm -hmm. I never I I don't know like I never got mugged I never oh I got robbed once but it was because I passed out on the train and someone stole my headphones out of my bag But yeah, that's gonna happen. That's like not I don't even consider that. Like, I know I know people that have told me that when they moved here, they like I got mugged like my fourth week here. And I'm just like, that's unfortunate. I, (laughs) I I mean, like, I don't know, like, I I don't know, like, I just, uh, I like I feel more unsafe. And I've said this before, I feel more unsafe when I'm in like, a quiet suburban area, walking around. Like, at night, like, I would never feel unsafe, like, in the city at, like, one in the morning because there's, like, people everywhere, you know? Like,
1: Yeah, I don't – I actually, now that you say that, I I kind of feel the same way. But I almost wonder if it's kind of because what New York gives us – like, what being New Yorkers pass on to one another. Like, we almost are given that grit at birth to not be, like – like this this awareness of you can't be you can't be uh when i say vulnerable i don't mean like emotionally i mean more of like letting yourself be vulnerable like you can't fall asleep on the subway because right. now you are giving people the opportunity to take advantage of you like it's very much that ingri- like ingrained in you that like if someone can take advantage of you someone will take advantage of you but also then city.
0: How many times have you fallen asleep? I've, I've slept on the subway plenty of times and still woken up to get off at my stop. You just, there's a correct way to sleep on the subway and an incorrect way to sleep on the subway. The incorrect yeah, way is, is to be blackout drunk with the tote bag and your headphones clearly visible at the top. My wallet, thankfully, was in my jeans on mm-hmm. my, I was sitting on it. So, mm-hmm. but when I woke up at the wrong stop.
1: <laughs> I've only ever fallen asleep on the subway, um... Like during like rush hour, like when I'm yeah. coming home yeah. from work, when you're, Yeah,
0: right? Or going uh, sometimes in the morning, I would sleep on the way to school or to work. But yeah, um, you know, it actually this brings me to a great thing. So she does bring up. I don't know if you saw this part of the episode yet, but she brings up that time, that one time. She oh, I think it was the first episode where she was robbed. Do you remember that she? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, I loved this story because she says that. She had her car parked on the street, and she came back, and her windshield was broken. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? And the whoever robbed her took the two things that were on her dashboard, which was a pack like of cigarettes an yeah, and an, an apple. apple. Yeah, And so she was like, I called over the cops because they were still cops on the street back then. <laughs> And she was like, you know, they, look what happened. They broke my windshield and they robbed me. And he was like, well, what'd they take? And she was like, well, it was a pack of cigarettes and an apple on the dashboard. And the cop goes, well, what'd you expect?
1: <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so true. Actually, I I also loved that part too, because I'm also like, we are, again, as New Yorkers, I think more desensitized to things than any other group of people so like when i when she was telling the story about her being robbed and i was like yeah you left at the time a pack of cigarettes on your dashboard like someone's gonna break your window for that and it's like nothing like i had my car broken into when i lived in queens and someone broke my window and they didn't even take anything <laughs> weird thing i think like we're just i kind of just like woke up and i was like my car was locked like nothing was in the car, like there's nothing visible that they would take. Um and I just remember thinking like, man, now I'm gonna be late for work. But it's not like uh how we're so desensitized like just so desensitized to shit like this happening. Like, oh you fell asleep on the subway like and you got robbed. Yeah, that sounds about right. Or just you can't you can't let people, even though like in the situation with the car being broken into my car being broken into. I didn't give anybody the opportunity to rob me. I didn't leave like a hundred dollar bill on the dashboard. Right. <laughs> but it's just we're constantly instilled in us from such a young age that we can't we can't give people these opportunities because in New York it is, a, it is a it is a land of opportunity quite literally even in criminal senses.
0: I mean yeah it was funny when I first started college and like when we were in high school I took the bus to school every day like not this to say that the bus is any like well I guess the bus is probably a little safer.
1: Than the train. You, you have a person, like an authority figure on it yeah, to supervise yeah. behaviors.
0: So uh so when I was gonna start I was gonna regularly be taking the train to uh school every day, I was like, ah, oh, you know, you know, you're excited first day of college. I was mm-hmm. like, I want all new shit. So I went to the mall and I got a fucking new backpack. And it was like one of these like like skater, like strappy fucking backpacks, I remember. Mm -hmm. And I brought it home, and my dad was like, fucking return that right now. And I was like, are you insane? Like, this is what I want, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, look at all these fucking straps. He's like, that's all you need is to have somebody fucking grab that on the train, and you know? And I was, like, adamant about, like, that's not going to happen and blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, the more I meditated on it, I was like, this is not, like, a backpack I you if you saw the bag, it had, like, it did, it had too many straps. It's because it's for, like, fucking suburbia, fucking skateboarding mm-hmm. to school every day, you know? Like, it's not yeah. something that, be- like, he was like, it, it gets caught in on the city. T-. Right. So I took it back, and I got, like, a plain, like, Jan Sport backpack, and he's
1: like, Dude, see, nobody can grab onto this. The ultimate backpack, in my opinion. I love my Jan Sport. I do, um, too, but yeah. Yeah, I, I did appreciate her story about being robbed. I also appreciate <gasps> Um, her line about, she said that music, it was, she was talking about like musicians and cooks, right? Like these are the people, they are the two people or the two types of people that are responsible for providing humans the most pleasure in life. Yeah. Right. Uh, she said no other form of creativity gives people words for their emotions and memories like music. And so ultimately becomes a drug, but it's a drug that can't kill you. I love that. I I did too. Like what I, what a fucking concept. I feel like anytime she spoke, especially in that segment about music, I think it's what you and I were trying to articulate so long ago with our music episode. Um is just how it does give you these emotions and memories. Like it puts words to people's mouths about these things that often like we can't. We just right. we we don't. I, I often I, this is like my theory on why this happens. I feel like people struggle with words for the sole fact that like, we are not taught even at a young age to reflect. Do you feel that way? Yeah. 100%. Like that is really where our ability to articulate thoughts and anything. It just comes from reflect. I'm always taught, like, think before you speak. Sure. But we're never given the space to like really just think about what has occurred to us and then attach things like emotions to it or be able to reflect and be like you know what did i actually get out of the situation like we're never we're never taught to think of things in great depth so we ultimately will struggle with our words we struggle with our emotions and thus we have hard times uh tying these things together and relaying them in life yeah and i i thought about that i'm like why is it that people do struggle with that and that's my theory.
0: I I agree. I think um because like at least for me, before I write something, like I listen to a lot of music. I listen to my favorite, mm. like a lot of my favorite, and again, I've I've talked about this on the music episode, but a lot of my favorite like bands and mu and like musicians, like the stuff I like the most is stuff that tells a story because mm-hmm. immediately I will reflect mm-hmm. on how even if the story is not exactly like what's happened to me, like I just will reflect on something that maybe the song gives that same type of vibe to another moment that I had, you know, and now yeah. that's the soundtrack to that memory, you yeah. know? So, and then from there I can, I feel like I can write based mm. on whatever the experience was. Um, so yeah, but you I, need
1: that. You need that space for reflection.
0: Right. Sometimes, like, even if I'm like, just, you know, I feel like this past year, we have had a lot of time to reflect, you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and even if I'm like, in my house, and like, not particularly like just laying down for a minute, like, I can't like, it's almost like, I'm always like, thinking about like a song or like, I mm-hmm. I don't know, like, something will come to mind. And then I'll have to put that song on. And I'm like, you know, when you can like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know, how else, <laughs> this is gonna sound like like sexual, almost, but it's like when you're almost there, and it's just like I got—I know the words I want to write down. I just need that last little, like, oh. poof, <laughs> <oomph>. <laughs> uh, yeah.
1: I—I—I yeah. I, I think that so much of that comes from though the ability that we are not—we're not encouraged to look back on things, though, right? Like, right. think about it. Something happens, and whether it's something. I guess, I guess maybe not so much if it's good, but if it's something bad, like what's the first thing someone will say to you if you're like thinking about it?
0: Don't think about it.
1: Don't like don't don't, think don't
0: dwell on it. I mean, don't, yeah.
1: don't dwell on it. Don't I, think about it.
0: I I do think you shouldn't dwell on unpleasant things, but you should like deal right. with it. Like I, I read a lot of stuff that's like, oh, when you're sad, you should put on like a happy song to like lift your spirits. But I do the opposite. Like, if I'm like really sad or depressed about something, like, I need to like experience because a lot of, you know, my time like with alcohol Mm -hmm. was like, not, I don't want to deal with that emotion, you know? Like, so now I'm like, okay, well, now I want to deal with the emotion and like sit
1: with it, sit with my shit. Yeah. And then
0: eventually tomorrow when I wake up, I won't feel this way anymore.
1: Well, yeah. And also, I think when we're talking about, something like something in that in like this the sitting with your emotions and, and shitting of the <laughs> shitting. shitting sitting with your shit, right? We there's a difference between dwelling on something, dwelling on something, and reflecting on it. I think when we're reflecting, we're looking at it with this interpretive lens of let's learn something from this or what, like, let's break down what happened from a very neutral place. When you're, when you're dwelling on it, you're only fixating on the things that are hurting you. You're right. You're, you're replaying that bad emotion that won't let you leave. Whereas like when you're reflecting on it, it's very much like, almost like from an objective place, even Mm -hmm. though, even though it happened to you, but it's, it's still a little bit more like neutral thinking. I don't fuck with that shit either of like, oh, you're sad, think positively. Like that is not what our, that is not what our ability as humans is. I, I, my friend constantly has to remind me of this and i so i try to practice it so much is when you're in a negative space don't try to push yourself to the other end of the spectrum with positive just try thinking neutrally like yeah. just shift to a neutral thought instead right so uh i'm sad about x uh like i'm trying to think of like uh okay i tried to go for a run 2 weeks ago and i got to the track the gate was closed and great now my whole fucking day is ruined like Mm -hmm. i was like oh to this whole fucking run like now i don't want to fucking do anything else like i guess i'll just go run by my house and i'll just like like all by all the hills and i'm just gonna fucking have to hurt like potentially hurt myself (laughs) because of all the hills and so my friend's like whoa, whoa, whoa let's shift all that negative thinking and like let's come back to a middle space and i found myself trying to push myself into a positive space like no okay i'm gonna go for a run it'll be a good run it'll be okay yeah. i'll feel better after but that didn't feel authentic to me either like my like my real self in that moment was like shut the fuck up anna that's not actually how you right feel. i don't
0: like yeah i don't like um i'm not a fan of like i think you shouldn't start the day being like you know fuck but i think like that happens mm-hmm. sometimes because especially now like the way we've been yeah. livings and you shouldn't yeah. have to be like you know, you could be grateful and still like be mm. like, oh God, I just I have I, I know like, you know, I have a lot of friends too and co-workers that I've had that are just like, Good morning, like great. And I'm like, I can't be that bitch in the morning, you know, like I could be that bitch oh, later. No. Like fuck I need no. like a two-hour like time where no one speaks to me in the mm-hmm. morning. Like, mm-hmm. and that's not like a coffee, I need my coffee cliche. I mean no. I do immediately, but that's not that's just a general feeling coffee mm-hmm. or sans coffee like i just i don't want to you know do yeah. I, and i i don't mean this like it's not like not with my like partner or anything but it's like more so like with people that i'm encountering outside my home like i need like oh, a yeah, yeah. we a still need hour. to wake up. yeah i don't need cool. to talk to you immediately
1: yeah i think the thing that helped me in that situation was just you're gonna go for a run period neutral thought I'm not going to worry about what happens after that. I'm not going to worry about the negative shit. I'm not going to worry about the positive shit. I'm just going to go for a run and I'll figure out how I feel after. Right. There like, so it's shifting to that, to that neutral thought. Also, you mentioned the coffee thing. I meant to tell you this before. Um, I'm not really a big caffeine person because while I love the taste of coffee, caffeine does not love me. Like I'm mm-hmm. the, I'm the person who will stay up till three o'clock in the morning after like a few sips of coffee, Um So coffee doesn't love me, but I've been babysitting my parents' dog and he is a little shithead in the middle of the night sometimes. So he's been waking me up. And this morning I drank, I like was, I was exhausted. I couldn't do anything today. I was like, my face was like almost on my fucking keyboard and I couldn't, I couldn't form a sentence. I was, I was useless today. Um, like I there's never been a more useless person than I uh, this morning. And I was like, shit, I might have to make coffee. I finally felt this morning what people who say that shit about like needing their coffee first, yeah, I finally get it now. Cause the second I that shit hit my tongue, it really felt like I had a superpower all of a sudden.
0: See, I'm kind of jealous of you because I drink so much of it and have I, I started drinking coffee when I was like, well, my parents gave me espresso when I was like 10. So of course yeah i've been it's so long now i was drinking it when we were in high school like that's i still think probably too young to drink it consistently but i i feel like it doesn't do that for me anymore like and if i do find a a coffee that like does that to me like cold brew is the only real thing but then it also instantly gives me a panic attack so like there's no happy medium really um
1: it literally like uh, I was on a Zoom call when I took the first sip and the person on the other end was like, wow, that looked like the best cup of coffee in the entire world <laughs> like, the, like the best sip of coffee. And I was like, oh, shit, I get this now. But I also wonder, you mentioned the thing about um, needing to wake up in the morning. Do we feel like New Yorkers are inherently night owls or morning people? Night owls. Easy. Really? Yeah,
0: because, okay here's my theory they're night owls that technically are morning people because they're still out in the morning (laughs) so that's my theory i honestly like have always really been a morning person like even if i'm tired like i always manage to get up and like i never really run late to things in the morning like it's just i've always been that way but um i do think new york like and actually fran says this in the documentary she's like new york's a night city you know mm-hmm. like and yeah. that's what i love about it that's why i said like i never feel like unsafe if i have to take the train home i've taken the train home at like 2 in the morning before and like oh,
1: yeah. it's don't... not
0: idea it's not ideal um but you know i usually i'm with someone i out of yeah. like being smart you yeah. know like there's still stuff like yeah i don't feel unsafe but like at the same time it's like if there's nobody at that station when you go downstairs you go back upstairs and you get a cab because that's yeah. just being stupid then. Right. Um, you You're know. asking for trouble. Yeah. Right. So again, um, one of those
1: things that, that heightened sense of don't be vulnerable, like don't be a sitting duck for anybody. Right. right. Um,
0: and I think she brings, she mentions that too because uh, she had this great line she was saying, cause you know, she came to New York in the seventies when we were talking mm-hmm. about it was much more dangerous. And she goes, I have so many people come up to me and say, Oh, friend, I wish I lived in New York in the seventies. Yeah. It was so much better in the seventies when you lived here. And she goes, which I find strange because I wasn't when I was here in the seventies. I wasn't going up to people my age and going, man, I wish I lived in New York in the thirties.
1: Thirties. <laughs> it's so true. That's so true. I did appreciate that. Her, I, I do agree. I, I think uh, New Yorkers are probably inherently night people. But then I had a thought where I was like we're also a city of go, 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 like, right. Like early bird gets the worm and, you know, time is money and the amount, most amount of productivity as possible. I feel like we're also, I don't, I don't know. I would now lean more towards that. We are inherently mourning people because we are almost forced by our city to be mourning people. Like if we physically as individuals are, I don't know, but is it that we're our, our city itself makes us then have to be mourning people? Because I, I, I feel like right like I don't want to get the nine o'clock train or the eight thirty train or the oh, rush no. hour trains. You want to get that 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 train right before all that. I shit can see hits. that. I get that. Yeah. And actually, well, like um, I said, night bodegas, into morning, bodegas, bodegas. bodegas too. Cleanest the cleanest griddle is really early in the morning, like the five a.m. and the six a.m. My overall also something that stuck out for me about the series that I thought was so funny was how many times she like low key dragged Mayor Bloomberg
0: yo she does not like him though she was like I, that. what she called she said that hayseed at one point she called him a hayseed i thought that was hysterical
1: she she ripped him apart for the smoking law right. that he put in oh. and she made a she made a beautiful a beautiful point where she was talking about like again like the musicians where the most where the most beautiful history occurs is in a bar when a bunch of musicians are just sitting around smoking Ugh. a cigarette with like a cocktail, yeah, and she's like, "You took that away from us." She also, she said at the time when I would still talk to him, she shit on him. She in the in the earlier episodes uh, about something.
0: I I know. I think I know what it is because I was cracking up today because I I rewatched the first episode today mm-hmm. and it was when he put those like benches and lay things to lay on in times square Square. and she was like she she was making fun of him because he goes and now these are permanent And she's like nothing's permanent in new york York. but also she she had a great line that she said uh she goes no one walks into times square and thinks wow i wish there were more places to lay down here
1: (laughs) it's true i also love oh my god the first thing she calls out in the whole series is you do whatever the fuck you can as a real New Yorker to avoid Times Square. And I was like, there it is. I is. First job
0: interview after college. Where's the office? Times Square? No, thank you. I turned down the job immediately. I'm not going to work in Times Square every day.
1: It's But then why? I know Times Square is actually, I think we talked about this before. It's because of the New York Times building that it actually got its name. Right. Um, but then why is Times Square, like, if New Yorkers avoid it, who the fuck keeps going there? Is it just tourists? There's way too many people there for just tourists. I mean, I'm sure there's people
0: that like, you know, I mean, listen, New Yorkers got a place to go. They got to go. So you walk through times square and you move, but it's a combination of those people, I think, and tourists, which is what makes it so congested. Um, I, I remember going there like once and I was like very hungover and it was just like the worst experience of my life. Uh, because like nothing you want more than have to see like flashing lights when you have a migraine and like you know but Uh, uh, I (laughs) i mean even without the hangover it's like who wants to be there if you don't have to be you know
1: oh yeah i i don't i agree she made like a point she's like i will walk like 20 blocks out of my way if it means that i don't have to go to times square and i'm like i have done that like as yeah. much as oh, possible, same. I I have done that. Or she says she's like, if you're in if you're an actual New Yorker in your Times Square, it's because you're seeing a play. And I'm like, yo, that's so true. That's the only time I will step foot uh, there. I remember one time when I was in college, um, I had a lot of a lot of people actually went to my university that weren't from New York or, or even from the, the five boroughs more particularly. But I remember people would say, like, oh, I've always wanted to go eat at like the fucking red lobster that's in Times square or like the hard rack cafe like one of those like main attractions in Times square i'm like what the fuck are you talking about like i was like new york city arguably one of the things and like she also talks about this again with the food in in the documentaries like you're in a place where you want any type of fucking food in the whole wide world you can find it right here. I'm like, you're gonna go to a Red Lobster, a chain restaurant, in Times Square. Although I will say this, uh, Bubble Gumps, which is in yeah. Times Square, I believe, fucking delicious. That is one I chain mean, I will always fuck with.
0: Right, but it's the point of like, it's in Times Square. Like, there's just she's right though. There's just too many good restaurants. That why would you do that to yourself? You know? I don't,
1: yeah, I don't know why I would. I. Like even I if agree. I was a
0: if I was a tourist, and I, I like I think Times Square universally is known as like the tourists, you got to go see it just to see it. But even if I was like a tourist and that was on my list of like, I want to see the Empire State Building, I want to see Statue of Liberty, and I want to see Times Square, why eat there? Like I like you know New York has like all this fucking awesome cuisine, and you're gonna stay in Times Square, like there's it just blows my mind. I mean, And I don't even want to say it's because of, like, price or expense because, like, I feel like the Times Square restaurant's going to be just as expensive as the fucking bougie Italian restaurant.
1: Yeah. Well, no, they definitely rip you off way more. I was going to say, I wouldn't eat at any of those fucking places for the price alone because they are ripping you off knowing that you're going there for some type of tour, like, tourist attraction in general. Um, But then, I mean, people do though like these places still do so fucking well and i'm like if it's the consensus that it's not new yorkers that are going in there are tourists really helping those restaurants stay that much afloat that they're still there because i can't like i can't imagine how much it actually costs to still have those spaces i mean it's got to
0: be like the foreign tourists you know they probably stay in a hotel near times square you know yeah um you know and that's that works out because if you get diarrhea you could just run back to your hotel room (laughs) it's right there
1: which is likely from a Red Lobster in Times Square.
0: Right. Um, Not in general,
1: <laughs> but um, – So kind of like speaking on the on the food point. So she said the thing about the musicians and the cooks being responsible for providing the most pleasure to human life. Why food then? Like we know why music does, right? Like we said, like it provides the the words for emotions and memories. Why food?
0: I mean, good food is just like <sighs> – I mean, this seems so silly to have to like, almost like go like articulate, but I guess it's like, I don't know. Like I, you know, there's been plenty of times where I'm like, I'm going to grab a dollar pizza I'm running around the city. But like, if I get a chance to like, like when I used to take like girls on dates and stuff, or like, even when I was dating, like my boyfriends, like if we like went to like a good restaurant, like I, I don't know. It's just, I mean, like good food is just like a spot a good food a good restaurant spot in new york is like also like then becomes kind of like your thing you know like i would repeatedly go to this one restaurant for dates because i really like the way they made like grilled octopus or you know i i mean you know i didn't always have money to spend at these places but like when i did like yeah i want to go to like a restaurant that i don't know. It's. I can't explain it I, it's just like like it's kind of like how like new yorkers like and she mentions uh i don't know if she mentioned this in the the documentary or if it was something i read but like a lot of new yorkers will order from these restaurants too like
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know like new yorkers don't really cook like yeah. who has the time like who has the space in your apartment like you know also true. and like if your favorite some, place some New Yorkers
1: know? barely get stoves like if you know read- if, like, anybody listening for fun, like, just go and look up some rentals, like, especially in, like, Manhattan proper. Um, look to see what some places actually provide people. Like, I remember one time I just looked for fun, and someone wrote, like, you'll have a sink in the bathroom and a refrigerator, but, like, you don't actually have, like, a full-functioning kitchen or something like that. And I'm, yeah. like – and it, like it was, like, a studio – and it was like, of course, like $1,500 a month I I'm like, You say- know you're about? Get a kitchen. Uh, It's like a box. One, one place didn't even like it, it, like just for fun, go look it up. But I often think that I think food, similarly to the whole storytelling concept I said before, I wonder if it's because biologically food is one of those things that stems from culture. I also think it's like a survival interest, but like a lot of culture revolves around food, right? Like italians like name any ethnicity to some degree a core component of what makes them so defined is um is food and so i often wonder if like chemically speaking because she kind of talked about like the chemicals with the music as well like our our brain and our emotions right like we Mm -hmm. know that music can make the chemicals in your brain shift and i almost wonder if some of what the food is doing is like Energy from all the things that like food has given us historically, as well, right? Like, so our taste buds are happy, yes, but like it's also simultaneously reminding you of family or reminding you of a dinner or a really happy time, even though you're not consciously thinking of it. Yeah. So I'm like, maybe that's where, because I almost never met, and we could have a listener who's like, mm, I'm the first one. I've never met somebody who's like, I feel fine about food, right? Yeah. No, like
0: yeah. like, <laughs> I need it to continue to survive on this planet.
1: No, I think right. that would be a robot person. Um, right. Like, I've never met someone who's not like, oh, I like, oh my God, this is like food, like, gets passionate about food. We fucking get passionate about food about almost every episode. We'll like just like, go off on random tangents. I just talked about how I almost disowned my youngest nephew because it took the cheese off a of pizza. <laughs> like, it, it's, I, I do think to some degree that maybe that's where it all stems from is like, what is the deeper meaning for us as humans that it, gives us the most pleasure in human life. It's like these cooks and these musicians provide us these deep level things. I'm like, it has to be more than just our taste buds and our earbuds. Yeah,
0: no, I it's agree. Than that. I also wanted to touch on, uh, and I don't, you're going to love it. I, I know you, you mentioned you're about halfway through the series, but the last mm-hmm. episode is all about books because oh. she has like a collection of something like 11,000 books. She's a big reader. And yeah, you're going to love it. Just wait till you get to it. But, uh, Where the fuck does she keep them all? I mean, the woman is like, I ch- looked up her net worth. It's like two million dollars, which like, I'll I'll take that. You um, really
1: don't. She, you really can't get rich like her anymore.
0: You can't. It's impossible. I've been trying forever. It's not going to happen. Um, but um, a lot of I, I liked a lot of what she said about books. Um, you know, she has this famous quote that you can usually buy on a mug. I believe it's like. Think before, you re- uh, think before you speak, read before you think. This will mm. give you something to think about that you didn't make up yourself. A wise move at any age.
1: <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, uh,
0: You know, and another one that I, was also a favorite was, uh, you know, a book isn't supposed to be a mirror, it's supposed to be a door. And I love that. Ooh. Especially since the both of us spend so much time reading. We are um, big readers. But you're going to love it, uh, that whole thing
1: book reading is supposed to be a door
0: in in other words what her argument was is that a lot of people will get turned off to reading uh something maybe because uh you know they don't see themselves reflected in it and like i've definitely done that at times but i also like it depends what mood i'm in like i i'm like very particular about the books i pick out um But most of the time I'm like, I'd rather like, tell me a story, like tell me something I don't know about, you know? And I think that's what yeah. she means by it's supposed to be a door. Um, also, I appreciated that we're both the same way that if we are reading a book and we don't like it, we just don't finish it. Um, mm-hmm. And we don't ca- count that as a book that we have read, which just simply disappears.
1: <laughs> yeah. I struggle with that as well. I will, I will f- If a book. If I don't finish a book, it had to have been the worst book ever written. Like I wrote, um, I, I mean, I read all the light we cannot see. Oh, uh, yeah. Back in actually in the beginning of the pandemic, and it, it wasn't my favorite book. It was a decent story. It, I'm not gonna lie, it's, it took me. Uh, it's probably the longest it's taken me to finish a book in a really long time, but. I couldn't not finish it. Like that's just how I am. Like I have to persist. I have to keep going. Like I have to finish the book. I got to the end. I was a little annoyed that I kept it going, but I was. A book has to be really bad for me to not keep going.
0: Agreed. Yeah, I'm the same way. The for the the only book I have two books that I did not finish a couple years ago. I started reading Naked Lunch by Burroughs, William Burroughs, and um, which was surprising because. I don't know something about it. Maybe I can try and pick it up again. Maybe I just wasn't in the right space to read it at the time, but I never finished it. Um, And then recently last year I read uh, America's original sin, which was supposed to be about racism in America, mm-hmm. but was like on this like real like Christianity take the whole book was just like racism is bad because God, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how about just racism is bad? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like full stop. We don't need. And like, you know, I just, like, got annoyed with it, and, like, I just, like, couldn't finish it. So, but I will say there are books that I don't like that sometimes I'll finish because I have <laughs> scathing things to say about them. <laughs> um, but, like, like I just read uh, Rock Bottom at the Renaissance, which I thought was going to be a real good, like, mm-hmm. journey through, like, depression and addiction uh, via the lens of, like, music, like some of my favorite mm-hmm. songs that this author and this dude was just a piece of shit. Like and I was Whoa. so mad that I wasted a gift card on that book that I had to <gasps> write a, such a bad review and deter people from Did it
1: have good reviews?
0: It had like lukewarm reviews. Like mm. it, you, you, listen, y'all decide for yourselves. Go on goodreads.com, you'll see my I review. Love you'll love see it, You'll see my review for Rock Bottom at the Renaissance. Like I'm not you know I
1: love Goodreads. Um that's like how I keep track of everything. I, I also did realize that when she – she only wrote Fran Woods, only wrote – Two books. Those two books, but so much of her identity is around – like, she didn't even – she, like, spent most of her childhood reading. I found this really interesting. She spent most of her childhood reading, most of her time reading, and yet she herself barely graduated high school. She got – I think she got her GED because she got kicked out, which she got kicked out, kind of going back to what we were saying before, uh, because of just, like, her general – crudeness or like demeanor or like attitude towards things which means I'm like it's very New York um yeah. but how brilliant one must be to spend all of that time reading but then not graduate from an educational system yeah and then how like I'm almost like do I need to read have you read these books because I have not
0: okay so I haven't I've always said I was going to i cannot find them like you have to buy them on like ebay is what i've realized like they are like not in print it seems wait really like i mean listen i could be wrong i usually find stuff pretty quick uh but from what i've seen it's like mostly ebay uh if you find it right now prove me wrong because i can't no i
1: know i i'm actually really fascinated by this right now um but i would love
0: metropolitan life
1: Yeah, like that's the one I'm looking up right now. And then
0: social studies. I mostly have looked for Metropolitan Life. Uh, I think she wrote that one first and then social studies. Um, So I haven't looked to see if social studies is floating around out there. But I couldn't find, like, I'll probably end up buying it from eBay if I'm being honest. But yeah. So
1: you, let's see, you can, there are some libraries around me that apparently have it. So always, always good to know. Yeah, I'm looking at the hardcover copy of the book, and it says currently unavailable. Yeah, so this is on Amazon. Yeah, what about it is like so difficult to get your hands on? I mean, it's
0: Fran Lebowitz, and she wrote only two books, and the last one she wrote was in 1981. Like, it's crazy. So, I mean, also like, she's just such an icon. That's the thing.
1: That is wild. Maybe did they like stop producing these books? There's no. It's that's, not like the Bible
0: i mean you. who knows what the situation is but like some books are just like that i I have a really hard time finding um and then i eventually do and i feel like i've won a prize but um
1: (laughs) uh, it's a special prize in its way yeah i i thoroughly uh i've been enjoying it a lot i'm definitely gonna go and uh finish the series did you ever watch schultz saves america
0: (laughs) no uh because i saw a trailer and i'm like i can't fuck with this guy
1: yeah I figured you weren't. I said I warned you. I said I was like there's no, a lot of
0: no no, no, it's not even the content. It's just again my whole outlook on most uh cis like male comedians mm-hmm. that I'm just like you have nothing you cannot I... comedy is supposed to come from a place of like you know I mean comedy can come from anywhere, but it's like mostly like a marginalized group of people, you know, like and I don't feel that like white men cis white men are straight and whatever or that, like you have nothing new to say to me, you know. Like your yeah. take, your take is just outrageous to be outrageous. It's not insightful in any way. I don't know. Listen, I If you like it, that's awesome. Like I, no, no yeah. I'm I, just, just, I just, I just, curious. I'm like, I'm not gonna stress myself on this because uh, I don't need to. So fair, uh, but yeah,
1: that's fair. I would encourage they there are only 20 minute episodes try I, I agree I see what you're saying I definitely see what you're saying I do think that his uniqueness is the fact that a he is a New Yorker but b he himself calls out a lot of hypocrisy that comes from the things that often frustrate you and I but he doesn't in a very tactful way um I also am going to push you and encourage you this year to uh, step out of those those boxes of of these notions we might have had previously. I'm just gonna uh, make you try the other new things. Right. You're trying yoga. Let's <laughs> let's try let's try. And I'm not again not saying let's give white men a chance in 2021. That's, that's that not, sounds like uh... that's that's not what I'm saying. But more of just like a because I'm in this space lately as well to. Anything I quickly write off or not necessarily dismiss, but just say, like, I already know a lot about, I am trying to stop myself and be like, but do you? And I'm not talking about like uh, things that I definitely know I know about. Like, I'm not going to go out tomorrow and buy a fucking book from, oh God, who's that? Who's that right winger with really bad eyebrows? Ben Shapiro. Oh, fucking Christ. Right? Like, I'm not going to, like, give that guy a chance or give him my money per se, right? Like, I'm not going to go down that road. But when I think I already know people's other side of the stories that might be different than mine, I'm just trying to push myself to get out of that space a little bit to be like, well, maybe seek to understand or seek to know a little bit more first. So I'm going to encourage you to do the same. All right, not all the time, not all the time. There are some white men who don't deserve the click play. But I, yeah, I, I just, uh, I have
0: very specific biases. Like, I've spent so much time about around like white male comics well, that especially I
1: especially comedians, yeah, right.
0: So I just bear with me in the sense that I agree. I think that's a good idea and a good outlook to have. But I think my tolerance because of that experience is just we're at like below ground level at this point. We're below the, the basement.
1: The There's, bar is buried in the grass.
0: There is no <laughs> bar. The bar has been used to bludgeon myself with, so I don't have to listen to what they have to say. That's um, fair. That's fair.
1: But, That's fair. but I, I I, think our conversation about, like, uh, we were talking about people giving people, like, the space to grow or, like, judging them based off of things that we don't feel they're allowed to, like, Right? like, one of our favorite shows, right? You and I are not – it's actually what sparked my – new train of thought that i want to hold you to as well is when we were talking about we we won't tell people what one of our favorite shows is because we are allowed to like those shows I'd be, well or like we just don't want like the judgment or like the commentary behind it so like i because right like because we are one way that means we then have to fall into all these other categories i see well. what you're
0: saying i see what you're saying my yeah my argument for that is because I've, it was more of a thing when we were, you're right. I have no argument. All right. That's fair (laughs) enough. I'll, I'll let you have that. No, Um, I'm,
1: and, and at some point, this is like what makes our friendship. This is what makes what we do on this podcast (laughs) and our friendship so beautiful. You could just be like, Hey, I did try it. And here's still all my pissed off qualms about it. Or it's just more of like a, cause like we had that conversation about one of our favorite shows and I was talking to a friend about it. And they were like, yeah, this just is not a show. I told them and they were like, yeah, that's not really a show that I would think you would like. And it almost made me feel like I failed. My identity as like a feminist in some way. Yeah, I I get that. And I was like, well, why do you feel like that? Well, they were like, because you like X, Y, and Z. And typically that also means that you care about A, B, and C. And I'm like, okay, well, I, I am X, Y, and Z, and I kind of care about A, B, and C, but then don't fucking pigeonhole me that I can't not like this thing then, too. And I'm like, do I do that to other people? Right. Yeah, exactly.
0: And I would say, as as far as, <laughs> I love that we're talking in code about this show. They'll figure, they'll know what it is eventually, but.
1: Oh, yeah, we're going to do a review on it, and we're yeah. going to go ball to the wall. Uh, But I would say it's because we grew up with it.
0: You know, that it's like, it's not Friends, people. We already talked about Friends, but that Friends is another one of those shows that a lot of people don't like. And I'm just like, but you hang on to it because it, yeah, like watching that show, the one that we're talking in code about is what reminds me of like hanging out with like you and Kristen when we were in like high school and just like watching it for hours. And, And it has its moments, but you know, I understand why, yeah, it's not like a beacon of like good
1: Mm-hmm. TV
0: I don't know anyway yeah.
1: just trying to keep that same energy that I want other people to give me in that realm now and so I'm gonna try to encourage you to do the same and I'm definitely keeping you to this yoga thing because yeah
0: no totally I mean listen I'm sitting on the floor right now doing this recording and I'm gonna need it tomorrow because I'm hurting my back so um yeah, it's
1: really good do you know why your back is probably hurting you because a lot I of sit
0: like a pretzel <laughs>
1: Because I sit with my legs crossed. Um, It's that too, but also a lot of back issues come from a weak core and oh. and like tight hips. So I know. Uh, Damn right. my hips are tight. <laughs> <laughs> I said to you before that, what did I say? I was like, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. I, I, said, I said something about like yoga keeping me fit. And I was just like, don't get me wrong, bitch. I'm still thick with two C's but uh, <laughs> yoga does keep everything uh, nice and tight. And I, I mean that in many ways. Take uh, that for what you will. Know. Let's end on that note, shall no. we? Every, keep it nice
0: and tight. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. I wanted to end with some- <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Go yeah. ahead. Well, the last thing that I, I wanted to end with from this whole show is that, um, you know, she went on her t- tangent about, how people climb mountains and do all these crazy things as Mm -hmm. why because they want to challenge themselves and she says that's not a challenge she was like you'll never have to climb a mountain and she says a challenge Mm -hmm. is something that you have to do not something you make up Uh, and she says I find real life is challenging enough
1: and I really liked that and that's the note I wanted to go out uh, on yeah that is definitely the note we go out on Because, and and so, so perfect for what we were just talking about. Right. The challenges, the challenges we will actually have to face. And there's a lot in real life that we will. That's so fucking true. Also, also I just associate like people who opt to climb like Mount Everest. Yeah. That's not the one I was thinking of. I was thinking of. Kilimanjaro. Yes. I'm like, it's the one I can never properly pronounce. Kilimanjaro. Like, I think that's really cool, but like, and maybe there is a lot of, like, mental uh, fortitude that you are required to have in order to, like, do it. But she that's, like, the most dead fucking truthful thing that is, like... It's, like, well, you you opted to do that. Like, Kilimanjaro didn't, like, stumble upon your life. And it's just, like, at the top is, like, you're paid rent or something. Right. So you have to climb it.
0: Right. Well, that's her whole point. And so what she also follows up in that segment is uh, she goes... How easy must your life be if that's what you're doing to challenge yourself?
1: You're finding it. Like, you're going to seek it out.
0: Right. She's like, again, it's, you know, it's not something you make up to do. It's like the things that are challenging are the things that you have to do, which I agree. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't climb a mountain. Like, I think that is mm-hmm. the physical aspect of that is very challenging. but. Right. It, She's right. Like, I'm never gonna have to climb a mountain, God willing, I don't know what's about to happen in the next couple of years. But, you know, uh, unless it was a situation where I'm like, wow, I'm stranded at the bottom of this hill. And if I don't get up there, I'm going to die, then yes, that is like, you know, but well, there's- I, I like that whole aspect of like real life is challenging enough, because it is it's like every day, yeah. like, do the people who have to get up and like, we just have to keep Fucking... There's a
1: metaphorical, cl- a metaphorical hill that we must climb each and every day in our own lives, is what she's probably saying. So like going to physically find one to climb.
0: I believe the not... I believe the example she used is going to the laundromat and trying not to get into a fight with people there. But yeah,
1: that is a fucking challenge. I'd take <laughs> Kilimanjaro over that, especially in like Brooklyn, fucking laundromats. I would say though that like I love that, but I also again I am. A fitness type girl like love my yoga one of my favorite instructors that I take on the like app that I use says how you do anything is how you do everything shout out to my girl Jess Sims uh so I'm often like I would rebuttal with that physical thing of like how you persevere through physical challenges can often be applied to regular life that like again I agree with what she's saying but how do you practice hard things if you don't do them even in like a physical sense?
0: I mean, I don't know about you, but I come up with a fucking million challenges every day that I'm like, (laughs) fuck this, you know, but like I have to do them. So I don't know. I'm, I'm going to stick with Fran on that side of things. I'm not looking to like, I I'm fine with being, you know, well, that was another thing too, because she was like, it's not enough to be healthy. Now you have to be well and that was really actually really health and wellness right because she said and again this is also great your bad habits will kill you but your good habits won't save you and I thought that was shit yeah again like not saying it's not good to have like it's always good to have good habits but in the sense that like I'm trying to like do all this shit now to save Mm -hmm. me from the, the way I treated my body when I was 20 like that's That's not, that doesn't undo it, you know? Like, it's good that you do it, but, you know, it's not going to repair anything.
1: It it won't necessarily, uh, it doesn't promise an avoidance of anything. Yes, exactly. Like, it it reduces and helps risk mitigation, right? Like, it's risk mitigation. But, like, ultimately, yeah. I often, that's a good reminder for then, like, how everything is just in a matter of moderation. Exactly. Like, my good things are good to have, but if you're not super strict on them right now, like that's okay too, because yeah, that's, it's ultimately not going to save me. Right. For in the end.
0: That's basically, yeah, I believe that was the the point. So remember folks, that's that's the note we're going to end on.